Women, children, and dogs are loved unconditionally. A man is only loved under the condition that he provides something. Okay? I once heard my grandmother say, a broke man is like a broke hand. Can't do nothing with it. We need to see mental health as important as physical health. We need to stop suffering in silence. Talk to your friends. Talk to your loved ones. Talk to health professionals. Speak up if you're struggling. Being honest about how we feel does not make us weak. It makes us human. What's up, kings and queens? We back for another episode. I want to open up this episode by sending peace and good vibes to everybody that's tuned in. This is another episode of A Tribe Called Stress, addressing mental health with an emphasis on men. Us as black men, we don't have too many outlets to talk about the things that we go through. Um, this podcast was made just for that reason. It was made for us to, to be able to have a safe space that so we can come and talk about all the things that we need to and just so I can get some stuff out there that just to let people know that they're not going through this stuff alone. It's something that we all going through. So today's topic, man, before we get into the topic, actually, I want to just go ahead and say I know it's been a while. It's been a long time since we've had an episode and it's it's been a lot that's gone on since our last episode. And uh, as most of you guys know, I now have a son, which is, that's a huge blessing, but it's also more of a reason as to why I'm opening up and doing more of these topics. Um, basically, to get them all out in the atmosphere, I just want people to know that, you know, there's somebody here that, that can help them. You know, I can help young kings, queens as well, but, you know, it's just more tailored for our young kings. And me having a son now has really made me, made me want to dive into it a little more, so... We're going to open up this episode with uh, the title of it. This episode is called NAS. That's N-A-S. Now, that is an acronym for Niggas Ain't Shit. This is a, a term that we've heard a lot um, throughout our lives. If you're a black man, I'm sure that whether it be playful or not, you've been labeled as this. Someone said this to you in one way, shape, or form. And this is... Uh, it's become a phrase that's been thrown around too often. Like we've we've come to we've become conditioned to where we just accept it or believe it. Um, there are obviously numerous reasons for why you know we accept this or why this has become acceptable. And I just want to touch on a couple of them. Um, for those who are listening to this on the actual podcast. This is also uh, being recorded live on Facebook, so I want to give a shout out to everybody who is watching this. Um, just tap into the comments if you have any questions. We'll open up a, a question section here in a little bit. But um, yeah, back to the topic at hand. There's, as I said, there's numerous reasons for why this has become acceptable, and I feel like the major reason has to do with past mistakes that we've made. Or uh, stemming from our childhood. So we'll start off there. We'll start off with the childhood. So um, let's just say, for instance, as a child, 
I guarantee that everybody's heard the phrase, he's bad or he's a problem child. And whether it be in reference to you or another child or someone you know, um, that's something that a lot of people, you hear that phrase a lot. He's bad or he's a problem child. And um, I've had the luxury of working in the school systems for, I'll say, probably the last three years, I believe it is. And uh, I've seen how detrimental that phrase can be to kids. Um, most, most often it's, you know, tailored toward black kids, uh, when you hear that phrase and it's, it's a shame that you hear it that often. And it's a shame that we just immediately jump to the fact that we say he's bad or he causes issues and things like that, as opposed to actually getting to the root of the issues and finding out why this kid acts the way that they do. I just have a quick example that um, I picked up from working at some of the schools I've been at. Um, just to touch on a couple of the schools, I've had the luxury of working at both a predominantly white private school and I've also had the luxury of working at a predominantly black public school. And this was at the same time, like I would leave one school and go to the other school every day. So I've had the luxury of being around both of those types of kids. And there are, <laughs> there's a huge difference in how these schools handle this issue. And I just want to dive into that a little bit. Like in the public school systems, I've heard a lot of teachers and I do want to, I don't want to make it seem like I'm bashing any teachers here because any teacher that's ever stepped foot in the classroom, you're appreciated for giving back the knowledge that you have gained to our youth. Um, but we do have to be cautious as to how we handle some of the kids that we come in contact with. I've heard from a lot of teachers, um, oh, he's worse. Or when he gets like this, uh, we just got to let him be. We don't really know how to control him, things like that. That's To me, as a teacher, that should never be... Um, a resolution to anything that should never be the answer to a child that's misbehaving um teachers there's been a lot of teachers that have pulled me to the side and said things like um just for example like the dude the boy in a red shirt he's a troublemaker if you have any issues out of him call his parents or something like that something along those lines and at the private school they are very, they're extremely adamant in saying there's no bad kids. The kids are just misunderstood. And obviously, growing up in the inner city, everybody knows, yeah, there are kids that are a little more difficult to deal with. But me working in these private schools, I've, I've, I tend to find that that statement is a little more true. It holds a little more validity than we give it credit. Um, it's, that's, it's, it's, it's true in most cases. Um, whether you believe it or not, we can all agree that, you know, there are always ways to handle situations like this. And for instance, when a problematic issue comes up pertaining to a student at the private school, they make every effort to understand exactly what happened, why this happened and why the student decided to behave this way. Um, like I said, mind you, this is a private school, so they don't have a counselor they don't have a conflict resolution team. None of that. When you have issues, it's not. they don't send you to no counselor. They don't sit you down with the principal. None of that. It's the teachers in the classroom are the ones that handle this most of the time. It's like each member of the staff, me included, we've all been trained to help the, stu <coughs> excuse me, help the students see the issues with their behavior. Um, also, in doing that, 
we help the students while also while helping the students see the issue. We also talk them through ways to refrain from having it happen again. And that's I feel like that's something that that is not looked at enough in our culture. When I say our culture, I mean black culture. If you've grown up in public schools or you've been around kids like that, that's not something that happens often enough. Um, I know in my childhood, I've seen a lot of kids who uh, they've grown up to to get in a lot of trouble. And really all it like the only thing that I guess could have saved them was to have a little bit of guidance growing up. And that to me is that's part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast for people who have young kids that I want you to be able to reach out and talk to them in different type of ways. Mostly our young black men, our young black boys, should I say, is it's different growing up as a black kid as opposed to growing up as a white kid in certain aspects. And this is one major thing that I feel like we as a black community have failed at doing. And that's whether it be our kid or somebody's kid that we're close with, we tend to just allow kids to be uh, disobedient in a way or just to misbehave without actually understanding why. There are there are a lot of people out here who will pull you to the side and say things like, um, yo, stop behaving like that. That's not how you need to behave. This, this, and that, that. But even with that being said, that's not that's not the... I don't think that that's the solution as to getting us back on track. A lot of times, you do need to pull a kid to the side and say, yo, what's going on? Why, you know, that's, that's not how you need to behave. What's... What's making you behave that way? Just getting deeper into it and gaining a trust of these kids. Because a lot of times if they just instantly hear, yo, stop doing that. You don't need to be behaving that way or he misbehaving or he's bad. This isn't that, that. They're instantly in their mind as a child. If you hear that a certain amount of times, you're going to start to believe it. You're going to believe, oh, I am a bad kid or I am a problem child. Or there are a lot of kids that you call them bad and they, instead of them taking it and altering their their behavior, some kids will take that and be like, oh, okay, well, that's my badge now. I'm a bad kid, so now I got to act bad. I got to live up to this reputation. I got to rep now, so that's who I got to be. And that's, I, I feel like that's, or that's a lot of, a lot of that's on us. And we've got to figure out ways to, <clears throat> to combat that. Now, I say all of that to say, um, the issue of black boys not knowing their self-worth, which is what this whole uh, episode is about. Um, it starts at a young age. If we, if a child, like I said, if a child hears their entire life, he's bad or any variation of that phrase, they're going to start to believe it. And you better believe if they're hearing it at a young age, they're going to continue to hear that through their adolescent years. And once they become an adult, it's over by then. It's, it's, it's far too late. So we got to make sure that we, as, as a community, figure out better ways for us to, to talk these kids through their issues or when they are having, uh, I guess, moments to where they can be deemed bad or misbehaving. It's, it's on us to pull them to the side and say certain things or just get to the root of it as to why that's happening because... With this particular topic, as I said, it is entitled NAS, which is an acronym for niggas ain't shit. And that's this ties all in. When you hear as a child, he's bad. 
He's this, he's that. It leads into that, like I said, the adolescent years or the adult years. And then when you start acting up, that's what's the phrase that you hear. That's the phrase that you hear. Niggas ain't shit. And best believe that bad kid, nine times out of ten, is that nigga that they're referring to, which, like I said, we got to figure out what better ways to combat that. But I do want to open the floor for any questions and comments. I do see some comments in the uh, in the live. There's a young boy who is dear to my heart. He does get good grades because of all of his teachers, because all of his teachers say that he is a bad boy and will not go anywhere in life. So he is already given up. It's a shame. I encourage him and I'm not around him enough. So he needs a male figure, someone on the daily to uplift him. Yes. And that's another major, major, major um, hurdle that we have to overcome. We don't have a lot of black men in the school system, whether that be in any state um wherever you are that's it seems to be uh when i got into the school system every school that i went to i turned heads just for the simple fact that i was a black man well dressed very educated i spoke well i articulated when i spoke and it caught a lot of people off guard like what are you doing here like why are you why are you here and There are a million other things I could be doing, but I do believe that God placed me in the school system for a reason. And a lot of this that I'm speaking about is the reason. I've had a lot of kids where they've just instantly cling to me just off the strength that they don't have another male figure in their life that looks like them. The only male figures that they see are in schools. And like I said, in the school systems, we we don't see too many black men, so... Those kids that that they call bad or are problem children or are always in the office, I, I like to take those kids under my wing a little more just so I can try to understand why they behave the way that they do. And I won't say that all of the kids that I've put under my wing have shifted and made a change in their behavior, but a large percentage of them have just off the strength of me being there, just being there and just Holding them accountable, but holding them accountable with love. I don't do it to diminish them. I don't do it to embarrass them in front of their friends or call them any type of names or any of that. I hold them to a higher standard and I let them know, yeah, I mean, you've had your issues. You've been a bad, you've had moments where you have been out of character, but we're not going, that's not, that does not define you. That is not who you are. And I've come to find out that that does work. Sometimes children act bad because it's the only time that they get attention. That is a fact. That is 100%. I'm glad that somebody said that. That's another thing that I feel like is is uh, seldomly understood about kids who do act out. A lot of kids do act out because they know. They know that if I misbehave, somebody's either going to say something to me. Or I'm going to get somebody's attention in some way, shape, or form, whether it be negatively or positively. And like you said, kids just want attention, period. They don't care what type of attention it is. They just, some kids just seek attention. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's, I feel like that is, uh, that's something that we can help out with. But at the end of the day, a lot of that is going to have to stem from the parent as well. If they're not giving them enough attention at home, um, when they come to places like school or anywhere else, daycare, anything like that, we're going to see this type of behavior. And that's not that's not becoming and that's not what we want as far as our youth is concerned. But I do want to switch uh, switch gears a little bit. 
and move off of our youth and talk more about, uh, I guess, adolescents and adults now. Um, Another main reason why we struggle with self-worth has to do with past relationships that we've had, whether it be uh, friendships or uh, dating or uh, relationships with uh, siblings, parents, any of that. A lot of that holds a lot of merit. And I think that we've all been in situations where uh, either we've made mistakes in relationships um, or we know someone who has. And I mean, none of us are perfect. So I guess if it hasn't happened to you yet, you better believe it's going to happen eventually. But um, when mistakes are made in relationships, it typically goes either one or two ways. The person that you hurt is either going to forgive you and move forward or they're going to leave. There's there's really no in-between in that uh, situation in healthy relationships. And I put heavy emphasis on heavy on healthy relationships because I think we've all seen a case of someone deciding to move forward after being hurt with some like some move forward with somebody who's hurt them. But they've never truly forgiven that person. And that that's the recipe for a toxic relationship, mostly because if you never fully forgive a person, then eventually you're either going to seek revenge or you're never going to truly allow yourself to to fall in love with that person because you're going to feel fear that they're going to hurt you again. Um, I guess uh, whatever the case may be, I want to focus more on the guilty party, on the person, let's say the person who has done the cheating or has done something to lose the trust of their partner. Um, let's say uh, for this particular instance, since this podcast is tailored to, toward the men, um, let's say the guilty party is a man. It's going to be extremely hard for a woman to move past the fact that you did her wrong and Honestly, at this age, I mean, like, uh, as far as being an adult is concerned, you'd be lucky to get another chance, period, with women. Because nowadays, women are to the age where they see something, I'm off that. Like, I'm not, that's not what I'm dealing with. He messed up his opportunity with me. Plenty of fish in the sea. Um, Fiend not going to treat me right. Somebody else will. All of that. All of that is going to come at this particular age. So, um as a man, you have to be extremely mindful as to how you approach situations with women that you are dealing with. It's it's extremely sensitive at this particular age. But um, let's just say you do mess up and she decides to give you another chance. The most logical step after she gives you another chance is to try to show the woman how sorry you are and how deserving you are of her forgiveness. Now, this might be the most logical step, but it's not the most important step. It's far from the most important step. The most important step in this particular instance is self-forgiveness. A lot of times in issues like this, we, we don't really, we don't take the time to figure out why we acted the way that we act as men. If this happens, it instantly goes to, damn, I fucked up. I knew what I did wrong. I know I shouldn't have did this. Um, how can I make her see that I really care about her? How can I make her see that I'm truly all in for her? Instead of being 
transparent and looking in the mirror and saying, I did mess up, but what led me to do that? Like, why did I do that? And what can prevent me from doing that again? That's not a step that's often taken when things like this happen. Um, I'll say the reason why it's most important as far as the uh, the first step being self-forgive or self-forgiveness is because deep down, you never really know if the woman's going to forgive you. So the best thing you can do is realize that that past mistake that you made, that's not who you are. It's just something that you did. That's not the person that you are. It's what you did. And that that's I feel like that's step one in the phase of self-forgiveness. Um, I guess the reason why it's important to forgive yourself is because if you don't, you'll start to excuse certain behaviors once once she does give you a chance and get you back in the door, you get back in the door, you'll start excusing certain things that you probably wouldn't accept on any other level playing field. Now the playing field is not necessarily level because you're looking at it like I messed up. So if she messes up, it's kind of like, a, you know, we're kind of even now. And that's not how it should be. It In situations like this. You'll you'll just start seeing stuff. You'll start saying stuff. You'll start seeing certain certain issues that, like I said, you wouldn't necessarily forgive if you know the slate was absolutely clean. But you'll start saying stuff like, "I don't really blame her for doing that." I mean, I've done a lot in the past. This is you know, I mean, she she's within her rights to do what she did. I did her, excuse me, I did her dirty in the past, so I can understand why she's doing me the way that she is. But I feel like that right there is a major issue. It's like statements like that, it shows that your knowledge of self-worth has completely diminished. Can you imagine being in a relationship and let's say you don't mess up. Let's say you don't mess up at all. And she, your significant other is out here doing you dirty and you just like, I mean, it is what it is. It's cool. I'm going to allow her to make some mistakes here and there. And it's cool in relationships, you know, to be forgiving. But there comes a limit. Like, there's a limit with that. You can't just make a have your partner making a bunch of mistakes and accepting everything, especially without change. Um, I think as far as this is concerned, like I said, it, it shows that your, your uh, knowledge of self-worth is completely diminished. You you should never feel like someone ever has the right to hurt you. I don't care what you've done in the past. Nobody should, you should never be okay with somebody hurting you, especially if you and that person have decided to make amends off of what you did. Um, and you guys have uh, mutually agreed to move forward together, like get back together. Let's say, uh, hypothetically, your partner never really forgives you. And one day down the line, they decide that they're going to do something that really hurts you. It's going to hurt you 10 times worse if you haven't fully forgiven yourself for what you've done in the past. I guess like instead of looking at it with a clear eyed view on top of being super hurt, you're going to look at ways to excuse their behavior. Like, as I said before, you're going to hear certain statements like I don't blame them. Like she had every right to do what she did. And the same version of you would look at it and know that certain actions are unacceptable. But the portion of you that hasn't fully forgiven your mistake that you made in the past, 
it's going to look for other ways to address the issue. Um, let's say the method of revenge just happens to be cheating. Let's say your partner decides that they're going to cheat on you. Instead of you holding your partner accountable, you're going to look for other people to blame in that situation, whether it be his or her friends or the person that she cheated with or he cheated with. It's the situations... <laughs> In situations like this, the only way to know your self-worth is to forgive yourself. Um, the biggest question is probably going to be something like, uh, I guess in situations like this, well, how do I forgive myself? Um, I would say the best advice that I can give is, for one, to become in tune with who you are as an individual. Know that you are not a terrible person for making a mistake. We make mistakes all the time. Us as men, we are, mm, I guess, more inclined to accept a lot of ridicule when we make mistakes. Um, it's it's almost like, you know, when people uh, chastise us for making a mistake, we, you know, we take it in stride and just move on. We never necessarily look at the situation and like, you know, yeah, I made a mistake, but I'm doing what I got to do to fix myself. Like, there's no need for you to bring that up. None of that. Like, we don't we don't have enough self-pride to stand up for ourselves in situations like that. Um, you don't want to necessarily seek perfection out of yourself. You just want to seek acceptance more than anything. You want to accept the fact that you make mistakes because everybody is going to do it. You also want to accept the fact that just because you may have been troubled in the past, whether you were a kid or a teen or any of that, that doesn't make you a bad person and it doesn't make you hard to deal with. A lot of people will hold it over your head. Like if you make a mistake in a relationship or something, they'll hold that over your head for a while. And that that's something that I feel like us as, like I said, I'm going to speak more from a black male's perspective because that's the only, that's the, that's who I am. That's the only way that I know how to speak. Um, we sometimes allow people to hold it over our heads and we don't, like I said, we don't defend ourselves. If you have an issue where you have made a mistake in the past, and like I said, if your partner decides, okay, you know what? He made a mistake. We're going to move forward. We're going to get it. You know, we, I'm going to give him another chance. That right there, that does not mean that that is your ticket into, okay, I'm back in her life. I got to figure out how I'm going to show her how serious I am, how serious our relationship is. None of that. That's not your, That's not what, what goes on from there. What goes on from that particular point is, okay, first I got to address myself. I have to figure out why I behaved the way that I did and how are we going to change that. Next immediately after finding out why you behave the way that you did and how we're going to change our actions has to go into that, I guess, uh, forgiving yourself. When people hold that over your head, if you made a mistake in the past and somebody brings it up or whether it be your partner or not, and say y'all get into a spat or something and they bring up, well, nobody complaining when you was da 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 what da 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 That's no, that's not acceptable. As a man, yeah, you made that mistake. But as a man, that's not acceptable. You don't allow that to happen in your relationship. You don't allow, any, whether it be your relationship or anybody, period. Friends, family, any of that. 
Nobody has the right to judge you for what you did in the past without you speaking up and defending yourself. Like I said, us as black men, we don't do that enough. Somebody says something, yeah, you made a mistake. Okay, I'm going to stand on it. I made that mistake. I'm going to take that on the chin, but I'm making every stride in my life to become a better person than I was when I made that mistake. And like I said, nobody has the right to judge you for any of that. Um, As a black man or just black people in general, I feel like the biggest... The biggest obstacle that we have to overcome is learning how to love ourselves. Um, As black men, like I said, that's the whole reason why I uh, created this podcast. Because I felt like it was way too many of uh, my close peers, friends, family, all of that. That I see are uh, struggling from the same things that I've struggled with. uh, Whether it be holding on to to uh issues and past uh past mistakes all of that and we just we keep everything bottled in we don't have any outlet to release to say what we really feel or none of that and that's the reason why I felt like I I decided to do this podcast and um as far as learning to love yourself it's a long journey but the journey definitely starts here um there's not going to be a more difficult time in your life that you're going to have to learn to love yourself other than when you make a major mistake in life. When you make a, a major mistake or something that you know has consequences to it or is going to cause you to lose somebody in your life that's extremely important to you or anything like that, you're going to have to look in the mirror and really address yourself. You, If you aren't going to love yourself through those tough moments, it's going to be hard for you to learn how to love yourself anytime throughout your life. If you can love yourself when you're down or when you're in those issues or when you've done something that you know is going to come with scrutiny, you, I'm telling you, you, you're making strides into being where you want to be. But me as a black man, I got a long way to go as well. I know uh, a lot of my peers do as well, but I did want to just make sure I, I touched on this particular topic for this episode because I feel like a lot of us don't know our self-worth. And I don't mean us just as in black men. I mean everybody, black people, period. But speaking mostly from a black man's perspective, it's something that I feel like is is going to have to change. And... Like I said, it starts at a young age. You're going to hear certain things about you at a young age that are going to, you know, it's, 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 some stuff's going to hurt you. Gonna, like I said, you're going to hear he's a bad kid or he's this or he's that. And having grown up like that, now that we're adults, to anybody who's listening in on this, now it's our job to alter the next generation and make sure that they don't grow up the way that we did. And... Even if you don't know how to necessarily love yourself right now, make it your point to find a young black male close to you, whether it be related to you, somebody that you know, your own child, whoever that might be. Find a way to find that find that one or however many, however many you can find, but at least one young black male that you can pull under your wing and help them learn their self-worth. Teach them the stuff that you didn't learn when you was young. The things that people said to you that you know affected you. Now you're an adult. You have the type of mind now to where you should be able to help that kid through all of this stuff. You can look back at that and be like, man, 
they was calling me bad all of them years. If they really just would have took the time to figure out what was wrong with me, then people would have known I wasn't really a bad kid. I was just going through some stuff. And that's the same stuff. Like, ain't nothing changed. It's the same exact thing that's going on now with our youth. So I challenge every black man, every black man, black women too, because, I mean, y'all to rock, honestly. It's, it's, I mean, this podcast is for us, but <laughs> we don't thrive without y'all. We don't thrive without without queens, man. And whether you be a mom, a spouse, a girlfriend, any of that, I challenge you to help your man, your child, your boy, your son, your cousin, whoever. I challenge you to help them find their self-worth as well and do everything you can to put them up on a pedestal because the world don't look at us like that. It's hard enough going out into the real world and knowing that you got a target on your back everywhere you go. It's it's not it's not easy at all. So I just I don't know. I I I hope that if you are listening to this, you do take heed and actually put this into action. Don't just listen to what I'm saying and agree with it. Actually put it into action. I do it as much as I can. Anytime I see a young black man, young black girl, whoever if it's somebody that I feel like needs some guidance, I'm going to try to go out of my way to make sure I do that. So once again, this is a tribe called Stress, a podcast that is tailored to addressing mental health with emphasis on men. This particular episode was on self-worth. Um, I want to thank all my listeners, all my viewers from Facebook who were here. Um, if you guys have any questions or anything, comments before I get out of here, you can go ahead and put them in the comment section. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to be more, more regular with these episodes now that, now that I got a lot of free time on my hands with this quarantine going on, I just, I feel like I got to do something productive and what better way to be productive than to give back and help reach out to some of the people that I know are going through similar struggles that I've been going through throughout my life. So yeah, man, I appreciate y'all for, um, tuning in and y'all have any uh, potential topics or anything that y'all want me to touch on, feel free to email me or um, I guess you don't even necessarily have to email me. Just message me, whatever. Comment on this, however you want to, whatever's your best method of communication. Get at me. Let me know what you want to hear about. Black man, black women, doesn't matter who you are. You want to hear about a potential topic, something that you know that's affecting somebody close to you. It's probably affecting a lot of other people. So reach out to me. We can set something up. Even if you want to come on an episode and talk with me as well, we can get that set up too. But yeah, man, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. It's another episode of A Tribe Called Stress. Um, I'm going to end it the same way I started it. I'm sending peace and good vibes to everybody that tuned in. Um, Whether you tuned in through Facebook, whether you're listening to it through your headphones, through the podcast, however... Um, sending you endless peace, good vibes, good energy, and I pray that everything you desire comes true. We out.